wild. Man. Like those I mean, smell catfish plates. To make <laughs> yeah, don't play around the white folks. You got to be on. T- you you got to be early. <laughs> the things out hot and fresh. I'm like, damn, dude. Yo, what's good? It's your boy, South 706. Welcome to KCSC app, episode 44. We don't do nothing. We just kick it. Subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube. Especially YouTubers, definitely like uh, and subscribe. Drop a comment if you're on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, those let you rock with us. You can also find us all on Twitter. We have our host, Marcus Nichols and South Savage. What's good, y'all? Just trying to get through the day, man. Just trying to get through the day. Same here. If you've seen my new Twitter name, I'm uh, Moderna Gang Breezy. I've got my first uh, COVID vaccination, so shout out to me. Uh, <clears throat> I'm actually surprised. I really didn't feel sick. Like, I know a lot of people were kind of worried about that. Like, my arm was a little bit sore. I felt a little weird yesterday, but I took some Advil and I was fine. So, um, usually the second shot is the one that people say is the, the killer, quote unquote. But, um, yeah, if you're kind of apprehensive about getting the shot, uh, I'm still alive. We good. So uh, don't be scared to get vaccinated. Let's try to get back to some normalcy. So uh, if you can do it, definitely uh, get that knocked out. Anything big, uh, monumental happening with y'all's weeks, uh, Mr. Savage? Nothing. Well, no, shit. It was my birthday. My bad. Yeah. That's time flies so fast. I forgot. I'm so sorry. Happy belated, Mr. Sniffles. Hey man, just been uh, swimming in dough right now. Got stimulated, buddy. Oh shit! Oh buddy! <laughs> oh buddy! Shadow <laughs> oh, <laughs> Trump's DMs are full. Hey, you know, getting ready to retire because that's uh, what Mitch McConnell thought would happen once we got that fourteen hundred dollars. We just retired. We just stopped uh, contributing to society. So, Thanks. Uh, I respect that. So, uh, we'll start off with a quick RIP to all the the victims of the Atlanta. I'm going to call it a mass shooting, uh, RIP to Soon Chum Park, Won Jung Grant, Soon Chum Kim, Young A.U. I can't pronounce that name. I'm sorry. Sorry for the X. Uh, Tan and Dio Fang. Uh, they were gunned down what was not called a hate crime. Uh, it was a crime apparently fueled by a sex addiction um, by this young 21-year-old uh, white domestic terrorist. Um yeah, so shout out to them. Uh, shout out to my people in the, the Asian community. Definitely be safe. I heard they're, they're starting now arm up. So do what you got to do to protect yourself. But the, the biggest thing is we, we need to do something as a, a nation in gathering and doing something about these white domestic terrorists because this shit is just it's out of control. Like, it's senseless. Uh, apparently, from what I read, the gentleman whose name I don't have pulled up right now. But if you look at him, he looks he definitely looks like he did that. But apparently he bought that gun that he used to kill those people with the same day. Which is crazy because in the state of Georgia, you cannot register to vote and vote in the same day. But you can buy a gun and kill eight people. So shout out to my state. Embarrassing us on a national level as usual. Apparently it's easier to get a gun than it is to get like a driver's license. Like just basic things. You can just I'm just going to get a gun and kill all these people because I'm racist. That's what it comes down to at the end of the day. But see, it's the not it's sex addiction. It's a sex addiction. You know, nah, he, didn't, he, didn't nah, mas- he, he didn't masturbate that morning, so you know he just couldn't control himself. You know, he had a bad day. This man in in Atlanta, like 
killing all these people because of his sex addiction and just drives by Magic City. It's like, nah, they're good. <laughs> like, you ain't got no sex addiction, dog. Yeah, man. <laughs> Chill out. Well, as I know personally, first of all, that would not slide in Magic City or Follies because they are heavily strapped. But um, <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a sad, sad, sad thing that happened to them, to those people. And, you know, it just makes you wonder. I mean... What do you do? You know, you show up, you try to do the right thing at work, and some crazed maniac just kills you for no reason. It just doesn't make sense. Every now and again, you might need a little extra mm, in your love life. Spice things up tonight by shopping at adamandeve.com with a vast array of toys, lingerie, and things to keep you coming. Don't forget to use KTSE at the checkout for free gifts to make your night just a little more spicy. Bruh. Jeez, man! Like he gonna have to get like a credit card in his nephew's name. Right? Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. goddamn! <laughs> My man's kicking a cosine. Like, you know what? This is really shining some light in the whole Team Cap versus Iron Man debate. Yo. We, see, we see what side was right because this Yo. man Iron Man had him a whole facility, was making robots, all kinds of shit, and your man's is down bad. Like he can't like text Pepper Potts and get like a, a payday load or something like that. Like she can't break know. him off. Nothing. Like they even kind of alluded to that in the bank scene. Like when he was like, "Yeah," and Stark didn't pay you for it before he checked out, and he was like, hey. "No, it's, it's on goodwill." Mm-mm, nah, nigga, pick a side. He picked the wrong side. You picked Captain America's side. Captain America lived his life. He good. He ain't got no money. You see what we saw? We saw how Peter Parker was rolling with them AI glasses. That man's fine. <laughs> <laughs> that man is straight. He picked the yeah. right team. I mean, I you know, come man. home and basically you're sitting on Forrest, I mean, Bubba Gump's boat <laughs> trying to make a living. Like, come on, man. That's I don't know. Well, I'm starting to think that uh, Mr. Stark might have been buried with the MAGA hat on, man. I don't know. Like, <laughs> can we confirm this? <laughs> <laughs> Pull yourself up by the bootstraps. <laughs> no handouts. Mm-hmm. Go ahead and put it for that stibby. <laughs> Get your stibby with, your, with your, your, your illegitimate kids and stuff like that. I don't know. But yeah, that, that's kind of grimy, man. I don't know if Marvel did that intentionally, um, but it, it is pretty cool that they, uh, they're they shooting it in New Orleans and then, you know, saying like the, the character, he's actually from New Orleans as well. So that's, that's pretty cool. But that, I, I don't know. I feel that's kind of, that's just weird, man. Like, I got a lot of slander this weekend. And we'll talk about this next week about the whole uh, Snyder cut. But I was joking that, you know, Bruce Wayne let his man's mom go into the fault of the mortgage. And like all these nerds are like, oh, he bought the bank. Oh, you didn't watch the movie. I'm like, okay. I didn't know you guys were that sensitive about some jokes. I'm talking uh, about they came swords <laughs> and blazing at you, man. I was like, yo, first of all, this movie is four hours long. This man didn't buy the bank until hour four, dog. So relax. Let's 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 chill. But yeah, I was like, yo, man, Star Key's wilding. I don't know. It's just weird with these superhero movies how like they're all together, but they're like not together. Like you should be able to, he should be able to call somebody. You know what I'm saying? Rose should be able to cut him a check or something. Like he's a veteran for the Falcon, so he can get this, get this thing taken care of. I'm I'm pretty sure he could raise at least five hundred thousand dollars i think we can make that happen so this man this man this man had to fight thanos with all of all them infinity stones and he can't even get a loan for a charger like god damn that man is down bad down real bad 
But I, I will say, like, the things that I did like about the the Falcon and Winter Soldier is a, a lot of the storylines, I guess, you know, like, as far as, like, the military stuff would, even with Falcon, like him struggling, trying to get money and get loans and stuff like that in uh, the Winter Soldier, Bucky is, like, the whole PTSD stuff and trying to atone for his actions. I hope I kind of hope they keep going back to like some of the stuff that he did. Like I kind of liked seeing him back in his like natural element as a winter soldier. Like it was pretty cool to see that, like how cold he was. Like they didn't really, they showed it a little bit in, you know, civil war or uh, um, winter soldier. But in this episode where it was just like, one of these people had nothing to do with anything. And he was like, nah, you got to die. Not even thinking about it. Yeah, <clears throat> it's uh, it's it's gonna be very interesting with, with this show, and I hope I don't know. I'm, I'm still trying to figure out like how like the next iteration of the Avengers is gonna be, like what what characters are gonna kind of anchor the group. I mean, we still have like remnants of the old, I guess, first phase. I mean, of course, they got rid of like the OG characters like Iron Man and uh, Captain America, but as far as like with the Winter Soldier and, and Bucky. I wonder what like roles they're gonna have going forward. Like, are they gonna be part of the main team? Are they gonna be side characters? Because they're bringing in new characters as well. So, it's gonna be interesting the the next phase that we move into with the uh, the MCU. So, but yeah, it, it's uh, wow. No, nah, it's not fuck cap. It's it's team iron. It's team cap. Like Iron Man is clearly a Republican. Um, <clears throat> he had government. Well, he had government uh, contracts. He was out here killing people, causing chaos. He was. He was really a, a terrorist as well. So, where we're on a team Cap, even though even though Cap could have changed some things in history that you know, I'm sure he was aware of and he chose not to. But we're just gonna we're gonna walk. Right, yeah. We're gonna walk past that because maybe you know, maybe he was busy with Say uh, Martin Luther King or Malcolm X. Yeah. But uh, it is it is what it is. God God bless his soul. But um, let's see what else we got. Uh, real quick, I, I I know I talked to about this in the group chat, but y'all saw the whole. Did y'all do some research to the whole Joe Budden beef? Possibly. No. no. Okay. Yeah. So if you haven't been listening to that podcast lately, uh, a couple of the hosts have got a bit testy with each other. Uh, speaking about going out and. Cat went, cat went back in time and hosed our people the six years. <laughs> I mean, you got to blend in, man. You can't stick out when you got the, the shield, the 50 stones. I mean, whatever. Anywho, uh, just real quick on that. So I guess maybe allegedly the Joe Budden podcast might be breaking up. Um, there was a lot of tension. You know, your man, us, Rory is being kind of spicy for about two episodes. Talking about we can go outside and throw hands or whatever. And then, like, I guess via Twitter, their midweek episode didn't come out. And then mysteriously this week, Rory and Maul were on vacation. Um, I checked Rory's Twitter. There were no tweets from him. And then Maul uh, tweeted that respect is not negotiable. <laughs> so I don't know, man. Like, I, I hope that doesn't happen. It's one of, my, one of the better podcasts out here. But I'll be keeping an eye on that situation because... That would be terrible. A lot of people were tweeting that the podcast sucked without worrying more. So we'll see what happens. But anywho, keeping it with music, um, a lot of y'all are being finessed by this uh, Versus by Triller. Uh, I guess this weekend's one, I actually planned. 
I'm not I'm not spreading that propaganda. This, this, <laughs> yeah, I, know, I know a lot of people will see a lot of the headlines about Joe Biden. He, he's pretty smart. I mean, everybody has their, their short never, but anywho, the verses. So this weekend's verses was Ghostface Killer and Raekwon. I did not catch that one. Um, there were people on the time I told like, oh, no, that that was my point. Uh Paul Peter Rosenberg came on Twitter talking like, oh. This one only has a hundred thousand views. You guys are real hip hop fans. And people were like, "Sir, shut the fuck up, please." You're a you, white you're man. Not, shut up. <laughs> yes, it's like nobody asked you, and you're so. <laughs> shut up, white man. Shut up, Ben Affleck. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But this one was pretty poorly advertised, and they honestly picked a terrible weekend. Like I don't know where you guys are at, but where I'm at, the weather is pretty nice. Uh, you had the Snyder Cut drop, and again, it was poorly marketed, or whatever. So, and if you think about it, kind of Timberland and Swiss Beats finesse the bag because they sold it right before it. It's going to kind of become irrelevant because once outside opens up, then I don't, I'm not going to sit and watch the verses when I can actually go to like a concert or a festival. Yeah. So I, I, I respect like the, these artists aren't going to sit around and do that. Like, what's the point of doing that when you can just go? I mean, no matter how irrelevant we think these artists are. If Ghostface and Raekwon decided to go on tour, like in New York, smaller venues, they could get some money, like good money. There's they have fans that will go pay to see them. So well, instead of like sitting at the house trying to, you're not gaining any new fans because I didn't watch it. I heard about it yesterday. I'm like, nah, I don't want to watch that. Like, no. I'll be honest with you, I don't really recall them really advertising for the last two verses because even well, with the D'Angelo and Friends, I, well, that I means yeah. I didn't watch the D'Angelo versus because it was just like, I don't know what that means. Like, that's not what versus is. It's not like just you playing your songs with your homeboys or whoever. Like, I'm here to hear you go back and forth with somebody. Like, just the whole, I don't like, versus has become totally different than what it is, what than it what it started initially. out. It, it started out as, it, it's a it's a corona quarantine. Thing. It's something that we did or that they did while we couldn't go outside. So it's just like some creative way to get, you know, get your streams up, get conversations going, like the Ludacris and Ellie one, uh, Manny and uh, 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 Scott Storch. Scott Storch, yeah. Um, all the, like, it's just a way to get conversations going. Um, you know, Patty LaBelle and Anita Baker. And hold on, before, before you say that, wasn't it like... Because before that, it was a DJ. I don't recall his name that was having like these private DJ parties on IG. And then it seemed like this kind of stemmed from that. Yeah, D Nice. Continuation. Yeah. D Nice was doing that. He was doing Instagram live uh, parties, like IG live parties where he could play live. He was doing his, doing a whole DJ set. Like there was one where they had a million people in there. Like literally everybody was in there. Like they had, like Michelle Obama was in there to give you an idea of what level of people were in there. And then once once they started seeing how many people were coming into these things, now it's like, all right, Instagram, Instagram immediately was like, hey, we're not, you can't do this. You can't just play these people's music for that long. So now people do that. I think he does it on Twitch now. So mm-hmm. like once once Instagram saw like, hey, you can't do this because we're, we, the artists and we are not making money off of this, they're going to have to try to monetize it. So it's like, now you can't do it. It got too big. And that was the same, that was the same thing with Versus. It was just kind of like a, 
an underground thing where people are like, oh, Lil John and T-Pain are on Instagram Live playing hits back and forth. And now it's gotten so big to where, you know, Swiss Beats and Timbaland are selling it to Triller. But once Outside opens up, there's no reason for P unless I'm sure they got something else coming around the corner as far as like what they're going to do to take it to the next level. But the the novelty of what versus was and how it started, that that's gone. Like we're not gonna get the the realness that we got. Now it's more of a it's more commercialized, I guess. It's it's mainstream. Like it's not just a it's not a whispered secret anymore. So Agree with you on that. So with the, I mean, are you excited for any of the upcoming lineup? I mean, I know we have uh, the Isleys and Earth, Wind, and Fire, um, and a couple more that were on the list. And I think you said in the chat, of course, that it sounds like they're leaving some of the stuff open for interpretation, maybe feedback to get certain artists in. I know it'll be, what was it, Red Man and Method Man? Are yeah, you? 420. Oh, yeah. How high? Uh, excited about anything coming up? I'm, ex- I'm excited about the, like I want to see the Isley Brothers and Earth Wind and Fire. Like I want to see how they make that work because obviously there's more than one. They, these aren't just uh, singular artists. I think this might be the first group that is gone. I feel like I mean, unless I'm unless I missed one, but there's going to be like what seven people, six people at least involved in this. So I'd like to see how that works out. Um, I'd like to see who the Memorial Day weekend rematches. Like I'm curious to see who who they're who they got to do this again. The actually now that I think about it, the one person that I think they might want to have on there again. I don't know if they'll do a rematch, but Rick Ross, Rick Ross said he would do it again and not play the same songs that he played before. But he went against Two Chains, and I'm not sure Two Chains has another twenty in him to go against Ross. So. I doubt it. And it was another group. Uh, 112 versus Jagged Edge was the, the other group. Okay. I'm, I might have missed that one. Then. Yeah, I think I might have missed that one, too. Um, I mean, I honestly kind of – it's like Red Man and Method Man. I, I had their album, The Blackout. I don't know if Method Man – I mean, I'm sorry. I don't know if Red Man has 20 tracks, to be honest with you. And I apologize because I'm not a New York native, so I don't know. But – 20 red man tracks seems like an awful lot. Um, the Earth, Wind, and Fire versus uh, the Osley Brothers. I know they could cruise to 20, like, Easy. and it, it should be a as long as it's not like a sound quality issue and yeah. they're still doing you know where they're both in house, you should be good to go with that one being a great battle. But with the fact that both bands actually played music too. I'm feeling a little Teddy Riley-ish, and we might have to. Yeah. <laughs> I hope well, not. I, I think, yeah. Yeah, I think, I think it's going to be tough for them to really keep these keep these things going once outside, like, it's officially open, like, for real, for real. Because the only, like, they're going to have to get bigger name artists for this, for Versus to stay alive. You know, like, they're going to need to bring in the Neptunes, you know, Kanye, Jay-Z, Rihanna, Chris Brown. Like, they're going to have to bring out the big guns to keep people watching these things when, you know, you can go to, you know, the strip clubs or go to the wing spot or go to the hookah bar or any of the – well, unless you unless you live in Florida or Atlanta, you've been doing these things. But for other people that are actually staying at home, like, if they can – if people in, you know, New York want to leave and go somewhere, 
you know, Method Man and Red Man are going to keep him in the house. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's not like, oh, I got to stay home and I got to tune in to this. Like, it ain't. They're not playing that on the TV at your local bar. Like, no. I'm sure they love those two, but they're not the biggest of names. I agree with you 100%. So sticking to the music thing, um, of course, we do have Anita Baker. Miss Miss Anita Baker uh, is encouraging people to not stream her music while she attempts to regain her royalties and publishing. Um, what are your – I've already said my thoughts in the group chat, which I know I have to explain to myself. What are your thoughts? Man? I mean, is it, is it too hard to not listen to Anita Anita Baker? You're not going to put it out in the public what you say in the chat. Yeah, I definitely will. I <laughs> I hate sweet love with a passion, and it stems from working in retail, working fast food in my younger days. Like you would constantly hear sweet love, whether it's Anita Baker or Tony Braxton's version, and they kind of sound similar. And so that certain songs when you work in those type of areas for so long that you're like, damn it, when this song comes on, like mm-hmm. I do, I cannot take this anymore. It takes you back to that place one more time. So I don't like the song. And then the other part with Anita Baker is, I think with some of her music, if you grew up with it in the house, you know, you become kind of accustomed to it. And I didn't grow up with that style of music in the house. So I couldn't really relate to that anyway. Like, you know, in our house with the cleaning music, you know, we were playing Aaliyah. We were playing, you know, your Tupac. We were playing uh, uh, Sam Cooke, your Al Greens, different stuff like that. So Anita Baker wasn't played. I had friends that did, you know, their parents would play that. Grandparents would play that while they clean up. So it's just kind of etched in your system. But it's just for me, it wasn't. And my first real exposure to her was working fast food where I'm just constantly hearing sweet love at KFC, like while I'm frying up chicken. So, ah, I just hate yeah, this. It's, it's, it's not the song. It's just what it reminds you of. Uh, yeah, this Anita Breaker thing is kind of, it's wild because like the way she explained it, she said that she outlived the terms of that contract. Like as far as uh, owning her masters, I think it was like, 30 years, 30, 40 years. And now she's old enough to be like, all right, well, you should, I should get my master's. Like you've, the contract is over, give it up. And the music industry is like, nah, you're gonna have to fight for this. Like, we're not just giving this up. And I wouldn't either. If I'm in the music industry, if I got Anita Baker's master's, yeah, I'm keeping all that. Like every Sunday morning, Saturday, Sunday morning, I know niggas is playing this shit, cleaning up. No, I'm keeping this. That's guaranteed money. So you can't like have I said, it. Restaurants, retail stores, yeah. all that. She's You're getting gonna, there. Somebody's getting the bag for this. Yeah, someone, someone is killing this. But it's just like it, it, it got me thinking. It's like how many of our um, legendary artists own their masters? Because like back in the day, um, there was there were there were bad contracts being handed out a lot. Like a lot of people got some shitty contracts. So at this point, it's just like, you know, like who does Barry White own his masters? Like, does this family own his masters? Like Isaac Hayes, Shaka Barry Khan, White getting it. They said Barry White's situation was so jacked up. His parents weren't even allowed to be by his bedside because of some contract type of deal that was going on. So, uh, yeah, whatever company he was with, they own his masters. Yeah. So it, it goes back to what, um, what Dave Chappelle did. Dave Chappelle came out and he was like, hey, 
They can't. Um, I don't own my name and likeness. I can't create a new Chappelle show because Comedy Central owns it. So don't watch it on Netflix. And people did that. People stopped watching it on Netflix. And he was able to, you know, renegotiate or whatever. Now he owns all his 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 likenesses and stuff like that. Which is it's just crazy to me that Anita Baker creates all these timeless songs and music, and she has to go through this just to own it again or own it for the first time. And like, they do this with a lot of black artists. It was one just recent. Remember Lil Wayne sold uh, Cash Money, Young Money, uh, Nikki, Drake, and his for what was it? 250, 250 million. I think he sold a, he sold a portion of their, he sold a po- portion of theirs, but even still sell you as Lil Wayne, you're going to sell your masters. Like, nah, man, them things is worth way more than whatever, whatever he sold them for. They're worth way more. So, <clears throat> real quick, back to uh, Adolphus' early take about the uh, Anita Baker. I'm kind of in that same boat. Like I, I, shit. I've probably never streamed a Baker Anita Baker one time in my life. Not wow. one time. Wow. The only sweet love I acknowledge is the the Chris Brown Chris Brown version uh, by Paul Polodon. Yeah. Even though Polodon was canceled because he uh, was a supporter of 45. So, but anywho. Yeah, it the the <laughs> pandemic, man. It, yo, that could be Buck support at forty five, like the producer in that song, uh, Lil J. Like it's Kanye West, like producer supported for. I don't know they need to do do like a Netflix documentary about like the rappers and producers and famous people that support that guy. That would be I would watch that. But Lil Pump, who mouths uh, getting freaking nails done yeah. and that, yeah. I, you got to do what you got to do to stay relevant when your music is trash or subpar. But I guess my thing is with Nita Baker is like, I don't, why did it take this long to get to this point? Like that, that tells me one of two things or well, actually tells me one of one thing that they must really be making a lot of money streaming. You know what I'm saying? To at this point, like she hasn't been relevant. Well, not, she hasn't been active in a long time. You know, you're right. She, she hasn't been relevant. She's not relevant. Yeah, and to now just be like, shit, I want my masters. Somebody must be collecting the bag. Well, Somebody must be like, yo, you're not getting, you don't get that check every month like we do. It's like, nah. This isn't, this, looking isn't like. this isn't a random thing. Like her, the life, the the life of the contract ended. Like however long the record company was able to hold her masters on, it was like thirty years or something like that. And now that contract has come to an end. So now it's like, hey, time to give it up. And they're like. No, I don't think I I will. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to be looking at Target, Burger King, KFC, all the other millions of department stores that play this music constantly. I don't want to give up that bag. Well, and I guess this kind of ties back to to Joe Budden, like with artists and podcasters, any, any content creators, like, Whatever bag that you're being offered, whatever contract you're being offered, you're definitely the intended loser of that contract, and you can most likely get more or better negotiations. So again, you might be turning down what seems like a lot of money, but in the end, if you trust your content and you trust your worth, and you know your worth, if you hold out, you ultimately will be not in a situation where you're fighting to get your master's back. You know what I'm saying? So and just kind of keep that up. I know that it sounds like we're going to segue, so I just wanted to make one more point on this. I looked at the Jason Weaver story when The Lion King was remade, and they talked about him and his original songs for the original Lion King, and Disney offered him $2 million 
straight up. And, you know, we'll own the song. We own all this. He declined it. And at first he was like, man, I didn't know because that's two million cash. But it ultimately here we are all these years later, 15, 18 years later, something like that. Oh, well, yeah, over, oh, over 30 years, I think. For yeah, over, yeah, something coming in 95, 96, something like that, 94. And he's still making the bag off of that. And he's definitely eclipsed that money. So you just have to really think long term with that, because, I mean, I know for us, it'd be hard pressed to turn down two million dollars. But Oh, yeah. It, yeah, yeah, I'm not, I'm not turning it down. I'm taking that. <laughs> Fox News I'm taking that too bad. <laughs> Write that check, bro. Oh, yeah. But, you know, he made a smart decision. That was all the point I wanted to make. Yeah, man. Fox News comes with the bag, man. We we are rebranding. You know Rebrand what I'm saying? I'm blocking all of y'all. <laughs> we don't have white face. Yo, <laughs> I get me a cowboy hat. I don't care. Hey, man. Shout out to uh, Sheriff Clark, man. Yeah. Man. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Uh, real quick, just a side topic before we move into uh, the actual topics we care about. Did y'all see the Kylie Jenner story? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So if you haven't seen this, this was on Twitter, Instagram. Uh, I don't understand. Like, is she not? Is she not really rich? Is money not real? Like, did the pandemic hurt her pockets that much? Like, that's it. She makes one hundred nineteen thousand dollars an hour. Okay. So the story is, I guess a homegirl got in a car accident and like instead of just like paying the $60,000 she needed for medical bills or whatever she had to pay for. Yeah. Oh, my God. Wow. So instead of actually just paying for this, she started to go fund me. She donated $5,000 to get it started off, which is that's what's up. OK, cool. But at the same time, like that's supposed to be your girl. Like that's your that's your people. And she she could be fighting for her life. And you're just like, you know what? Go ahead and make that go fund me. You know what I'm saying? Like, see, let's see what the people, let's see what the people think about this. Mm-hmm. Instead of just throwing 60k. Like, if you make an astronomical amount of money per hour and that's your friend, I don't see how this even comes to light. This should have never even like it should have been the story should have been Kylie Jenner's friend gets in a car accident. Kylie Jenner foots the bill, right? I don't, I don't see where even from even if you're not even that cool from a marketing standpoint like the gofundme move was not the play you know what i'm saying like you could have like got all kinds of sympathy sympathy points and goodwill from just paying from it that could have been a a story all across all the major network social media but instead you look like a cheapskate and you look like you don't really care about this person if you've got all this money and you can't drop 60k that's hey man Defund celebrity worship accounts. Defund celebrities, man. Y'all call these people relationship goals. These are your idols and your heroes, and you tweet about them all day. But these people are really sickos. Plain and simple. But yeah, one hundred nineteen thousand dollars an hour. So thirty minutes worth of whatever work you do. She could have sent out, uh, like, even for back with the fryer fresh. Wouldn't she like? Those people were charging like millions of dollars to tweet out like a square about the Fry Fest and made like millions or hundreds of thousands of dollars. Like she get paid like two hundred thousand dollars for Instagram post. She literally just could have posted a picture with her and her friend and covered those bills tenfold. So I don't know, man. Like y'all don't know these people. We don't know these people. Enjoy their content, but just just leave it at that, man. That's 
And you know, maybe there's some details we don't know about, but if that's the legitimate story, that's some real clown shit. Super clown shit. But yeah, man. <clears throat> Stay safe out there. Uh back to the main topics. So this uh week was a six-year anniversary of uh a widely debated Kendrick Lamar album that a lot of people don't really like. Um, to, pimp, to pimp a butterfly. Yeah, I, I had we talked about this before, but I had a conversation with a guy that was like, "Oh, it's not a classic album. It's not good." Blah 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 blah. And I'm just like, as long as that makes sense to you, man. Like, God bless. You know, saying take care. But I don't know. A lot of people. I guess they can't appreciate different stuff. Like it's a it's a great great album. Like I enjoy it. I remember what I was when I first heard it. I remember what I was doing. Like it really impacted me just listening to like <clears throat> such a departure from what is like the norms in hip hop. Like Drake could never do that. You know what I'm saying? The only person I think that could probably pull off something like that would be probably Kanye West, right? I don't think Jay Z could do that. Jay no. Jay Cole, no. No, because first off, for, no, first off, J. Cole would do it all by himself. He's not coming up with stuff like this. No. He's not he's not that type of writer. He's not that type of producer. And he doesn't want to work with nobody. So no, he is not capable of doing this. Yeah. I think one of the things that kind of interests me about the the album that, that I, I I went back and listened to was like I, I started reading some things about it. And he was he was on tour with Kanye West doing during the Yeezus tour. Yeah, we uh, and Memphis that, Savage saw him open for that. And that and like reading that kind of gave me like a more of an understanding of like why he would come out with something like this, something that's different. Like you're when you're out there and he was still he wasn't new, but he was still a fairly new artist. And you see an established artist like Kanye West doing something totally different with Yeezus and his sound and what he's doing on tour. And you can look at that and say, like, well, Kanye West is the biggest star going right now, and he's doing something that no one is doing right now. No one is no one is pushing that type of sound. So as a, a newer artist, I'm going to try something different. I'm going to take a risk in my artistry. I'm going to take chances in my artistry. And when you do that, you get you have you have people on the other side saying, like, hey, this album's not good. But this isn't an album that you listen to one time and you're like, okay, I, I got it. Like, I have everything that I need to know about this album. This isn't, you know, a, a Takashi 6 9 project. This isn't uh, what, a uh, Rick Ross album. Like, as much as I love Rick Ross, like, there's not that much depth to what he's rapping about. But with this one, there is a little bit more. There are layers to this thing. Definitely. And I know I had always uh, kind of came with my hot take about the album, but I'm going to go back to my original stance on the album when it comes to to Pimp a Butterfly. I understand that I'm a nigga and I have nigga ears. Okay. You guys know what movie that's from. I think I love my wife. Yes. Yes. So I've always said that music that CD, that album, that project is so hard to listen to because, you know, I got the boom in the trunk. I got the 12s. It's just not that type of album. No. But it does have solid tracks. It has great lyrical content. I, I like the message within it. it it's, a, it's a really good CD. I won't give it a classic, but I'll say it's a really good CD. That's just my thought on it. 
Oh, so I, I think it's a classic for sure. It, it didn't win a Pulitzer Prize, if I'm not. No, that was that was damn. Damn. Okay. Well, it, it, did, it, it did win all the Grammys in the rap category that year. Yeah. It, so uh, I'm on Medium.com, and apparently, he almost got a verse from Prince on this album. Yep. I um, read that too. <clears throat> I'm still mad he didn't pull up the whole Tupac thing, man. I wish he'd have kept it as Tupac instead of T Pap. That'd have been that'd have been pretty cool. To, to go ahead and pull that off, but he said in this article, he's saying he actually wanted to do an album like this for his first album, but he lacked the confidence to do so. And I can see and, why. I can see yeah, why too. To, yeah, because it might have been one and done. And I'm like, yep. Like, this, this isn't selling. Because <laughs> I, I, I totally, I totally agree with Adolphus. Like when I listen to, I cannot, I can't listen to a pimp to, to pimp a butterfly. I can't just be like, oh, I'm just gonna listen to a couple tracks here and there and then get out. Like it's one of those things where you have to listen to. The entire thing because he has those that those poems and that that spoken word stuff at the end of a couple of songs and because and they keep doing more and there's like more of a story to it so it's like it's almost like homework but it's like homework that you like doing but it's still homework like it's not you don't really it's not a leisurely album that you can just throw on like you know uh it came out the same year as um uh if you're reading this is too late like you can throw that on and just ride out and be straight. And you can do it, but you ain't gotta be. You ain't gotta be in it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? You ain't gotta be in it in it to enjoy. If you're reading this, is too late. To be yeah, a butterfly, it's like it's not background music. <laughs> yeah, he said he scrapped two or three albums worth of material. No, he, did, uh, he put out one working on this album. Yeah, yeah, you could definitely <laughs> tell those were throwaways. There were some good throwaways on the uh, Untitled Master, though. Great songs on that. Yeah. But the sure. thing that I like, the thing I like about it is that the the different genres that he played with on the album, like as far as doing the jazz stuff, like jazz is something that's been incorporated in the hip, in the hip hop, like at the beginning of rap, and it kind of we kind of got away from that. But him for him to kind of bring that back was pretty cool. Like jazz, the West Coast stuff, G Funk, having like Ron Isley, Snoop Dogg, Thundercat, um, Flying Lotus on there. Soundway, uh, yeah. Rhapsody. Yeah, having Rhapsody on there like that. And that's why there's that's that's why you know certain artists can take their artistry to another level because they're willing to collaborate with other people. That they're willing to reach out and and get other talented people and say, Hey, I'm trying to make something that's timeless. Maybe someone else can help push me to another level. Like Kanye West, when he first started out making beats and doing his own stuff. Like he was like, no, I'm the best at making these beats. No one's gonna do these things better than me. But then as he got older in the game, he was like, all right, you know, my drums don't hit the same as like Dr. Dre's drums or Timbaland's drums. So I'm gonna talk to them, uh, uh, DJ Tump or whoever, you know, to make my beautiful dark twisted fantasy. He had to reach out to other producers to take it to the next level. The same with Watch the Throne. Like those albums would have been fine with just Kanye West, but if you want to take it to the next level. You can't do it by yourself. And it, it, history has shown that time and time again. At some point, you have to reach out to somebody. That makes sense. So I, I just think people that don't appreciate that album, maybe they're not at the point in their lives to appreciate stuff like that. It's kind of like what uh, Mr. Savage said last week when we were talking about, I don't know if we talked about it on the podcast or in the group chat or just in passing, but there's a restaurant in like Las Vegas that serves like $77 burgers, which it could be $777 with the champagne. And I was watching YouTube and I saw uh, they had Marshawn Lynch test tasting these burgers. He was just pretty much like, yo, this burger tastes like ass. You know what I'm saying? Like he didn't have the palate for duck liver. Medium steak. And, 
It, yeah, duck liver and, <laughs> and lobster on a hamburger. He's like, yo, man, like I'm he's like, I'm not no chef, but like if I eat something, it needs to slap. You know what I'm saying? But I mean, it, it's one of those things where like some people don't appreciate that type of music. It's just like kind of like with uh, Prince and Michael Jackson. Like initially I was a huge Michael Jackson fan, but the more the older I got and the more Prince I listened to, I can appreciate the greatness of Prince's artistry. So I think this is one of the albums that people will have to double back on later yeah. on in life as Kendrick at some point releases more music and people begin to go through his catalog and appreciate that he, he don't miss. Like, even though people don't like this album, same with the 808s and Heartbreaks, people, it wasn't received well by the, the common hip hop fan. But if you're a fan of music and artistry and trying different things and just... I kind like, of trying to push the game forward, then you have to appreciate albums like that. Even my beautiful dark twisted fantasy, it was good, but it was a kind of a departure from kind of what he was doing with the the classic soul samples and things of that nature. So, well, that that's what comes with all these all these albums that are like um, pushing the boundaries. Like that, you you just got to get past that initial wave, like that initial you know first weekend on Twitter of people like clowning your album, saying it's not good, I don't like it. Once those people go away and revisit it like a week or two later, then they'll understand. But sometimes it it takes time. People like what they like. You know what I'm saying? Like if this album, if the Pimple Butterfly comes out in 2004 when I'm on and I'm like, no, put Get Rich or Die Trying back on. Put that 50 Cent back on because that's what I like. Put the game back on. Put this Ludacris back on. Turn this fucking like jazz. Them. Yeah, turn this jazz, hip-hop infused spoken word shit get this shit out of here but that's me at 18 with no real life experience and no real uh musical palette to really understand the depths of what he's doing me at 35 a little bit different a little bit more life experience a little bit more uh you know an expanded music palette or whatever and real quick one thing that i think that that hurts to pip a butterfly and i think kendrick lamar as an artist is how white people talk about him. Like whenever he drops something, especially with this one, a lot of white people were just like, well, this is what rap is supposed to be. This is what, like the white people that don't talk about rap ever, they never say anything. And, but when Kendrick dropped, it's like, oh, hip hop is back. This is the real hit, like the Peter Rosenbergs. This is the <laughs> real hip hop that we needed. You know, this guy's really spitting real hardcore. And like, you know, it's like, it's like, we get it, but I also, I appreciate what like Ray Shremmer does. I appreciate that type of music too. Like I love what Kendrick does. I love what Ray Shremmer does. I think that their first album was great. Yes. Um, Culture, Culture One, that album was great. Cardi B's album? No, it was. Don't I'm about to go. I'm about to go back. I know Culture go Two. Back I, Culture Two was not good. I, I'm gonna go back and listen to Culture One because yeah, Culture, Culture One was good. Culture One was good. Bad and bougie. That song. That song goes. But like, but like, uh, but, uh, like Crunk Juice. Crunk Juice to me is a classic album because of the sound and the way it pushed the limit. Like there, there's there's room for everything to be appreciated. Don't just dip your toe into rap culture when it's just like when you think something is just too smart for everybody else. Like, well, you don't you don't like it because you're just not intelligent enough to understand what he's saying. You want to just go listen to Little Yachty and in YG and all this, and it's like. Oh, hey, man. My, my Brazy Life was a classic. I agree with that, but they don't think, like, these white people that are talking about rap, they're not listening to YG the same way that we are. 
They don't appreciate YG. They're not appreciating what Vince Staples does. They just look at what Kendrick does, and they put that on the pedestal. And it's not that Kendrick shouldn't be up there. It's the fact that they, the way they talk about him while ignoring everything else that rap does and what type, the different um, types of flows and styles that hip-hop has. Like, with for every Kendrick, you need a Ray Shermer. You know what I'm saying? You need a Lil Yachty. You need a YG. You need a Ludacris or Rick Ross. There's got to be some kind of balance. Like, it's that stuff is annoying. I don't like that. And that's kind of what I'm not looking forward to with his next album. I just got one more point. When I was challenged in the group chat to go back and listen to that album, I did find out. And once again, that album came out in 2016. I was late 20s. Now I'm in my mid-30s, early 30s, mid-30s. All right, it's probably my favorite Kendrick Lamar song he's ever done. Like it to me, it encapsulates everything mm-hmm. that he is as an artist. The beats perfect to me, the lyrics, he does that singing thing that he does sometimes, and it's just an A1 track. So even going back after the fact, when you are a little bit older, a little bit more seasoned, you can really appreciate it. So what I did want to do really quick, because I know we're running out a little bit of time, I wanted to touch base on this Swahili, sweetie, oh Swahili. I knew it. It's Swahili, that's uh, it. Swahili. So look, first of all, Hot Boy Summer 2021, we're up 900 million to zero right now. Cause my boy Quavo got out of that relationship and took all his stuff back, pulled that Bentley right back from her. He was smart enough to know, hey, if I pay extra, I can get this car repossessed at any time. He did that, and he took the jewelry back. She's out here looking like a clown because Negroes ain't nothing per se. Uh, Shout out to Quavo for holding it down. Um, Definitely, if you're going through relationship problems, keep that stuff off of Twitter because, you know, it's hard enough dealing with the healing process and stuff like that, but now you got everybody judging you and everything like that. I didn't want to hop on that too long, but I did just want to say that one point. That is some wild Negro stuff, like Repo well, the bit. I, I want to jump on it real quick though, because uh A, the whole celebrity relationship goals, all that shit, like that shit's corny. B, I was going to run back culture because people were like kind of throwing shots at the Migos saying that these women like Saweetie and Cardi B are keeping them relevant because they don't have any good albums. So I was like, uh, eh. I know I didn't like culture too. I didn't like Father of 444. I'll go back and check out culture. But uh what a lot of people were saying is that it, it wasn't a foul on him for cheating on her because like it was survival. Like you saw how she was living, like she was dipping honey buns in like Worcestershire sauce and stuff like that. And like putting ranch dressing on peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Like she was wild. Like that might've been a cry for help. We might need to actually, you know, get Quavo some counseling, you know what I'm saying? Send him some love. Like he might be going through some things like, like, Bro, do you, you, I can only imagine what their bathroom smelled like after oh one God. of those like Saweetie oh. Deluxe sandwiching pizzas between like tuna and <laughs> donuts. Like she was out of control. Like their plumber was collecting the bag because I know them toilets was stopped up, bro. Like <laughs> that, that is disgusting. Mud butt. <laughs> <laughs> like they wear a mask inside the house and outside the house. Like they're they're not playing. Dog. Like, you got uh, Vaseline in your nose. Like I don't care how far you are. If you if you put ranch dressing like on anything but chicken wings. Like she put it on spaghetti. Like, how do you even? 
there's no level of poor that I've seen, like common level of poor where you're like, you know what? I really need to jazz up the spaghetti with some ranch dressing. Like mm-hmm. I've seen like sugar water. I've seen, I've heard bad sandwiches, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Spanwiches, things of that nature. But like, what kind of like chemistry do you think of like, yo, you know, a really slap this ranch it, dressing on the spaghetti. It's the eptimum of nigrology. That's what it is. Nigrology is what she is, does. Now, I don't know if her music's, I, I think I've listened to some of her music. I can't recall it. So it probably wasn't great. But if she would like start a YouTube channel eating like her normal diet, I think her, we'll do numbers. Her and Cardi B. Mukbang, yeah. Oh, oof. yeah. But uh, real quick, I know a uh, shout to uh, Michael Pratt. He he tweeted out that he thinks this is kind of the whole new thing in the industry. Uh, having having these relationships. He's like, yo, he, he was kind of predicting that this breakup was kind of orchestrated even to like the, the last letter of the, the tweets. You know what I'm saying? So he thinks it's kind of an ind- industry thing now, which it has been uh, from, I guess, what Joe Bud was saying his podcast. Like this is, you know, one of the things that goes on, you know what I'm saying? Like keeps them relevant, keeps them in the news. People, people talked about it. It's kind of been like a, a big thing on Twitter. So, and again, it's, this this conversation was going to get me to go back and stream culture. You know what I'm saying? I'm sure somebody's like, oh, let me go see if Sweetie's music is actually good. You know what I'm saying? Like I can see there being an angle to this stuff, if that, that makes sense. Yeah. So, but so sticking on music, I know uh Marcus wanted to give some smoke to uh the project baby Godak Black. You know what I'm tired of this nigga. This nigga is never trending for anything music related. Like when's the Wait. last time he put out anything good? Did you see yeah. that free that freestyle he did? Fuck no, I didn't. <laughs> oh my god, yo, keep talking. I'm gonna find that shit. This shit had me dying. No, like, I'm not listening to no fucking no, Kodak you, Black you listen freestyle freestyle Kodak Black freestyle. You get the fuck on out of here, man. Like I'm sick. I'm sick of Kodak Black, man. I'm tired of him. I'm tired of his fans. I'm tired of his fans that have to go to the to their local McDonald's to cook up to the Wi-Fi so they can tweet about his greatness. Like this thing is trash, man. He's not good. He doesn't make good music. He wait, isn't wait, wait, relevant. Wait, relax, 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 relax. He makes some good music. No flacking was good. When no flacking was good. Uh, when Tunnel Vision was good. When uh, this is the last couple of years. Last five years. Yeah, get out of here. Pull up on a demon, I fry. No, he makes <laughs> like good. He good makes fry. He makes it's good that Z catchphrase. shit. It's that Z shit. Hey, that shit was hard, man. It was yeah, it was. Well, nah. All right, hold on. Nah, ain't never, you ain't never heard. You ain't never heard no one turn, say no. Uh, hey, turn on that Kodak Black. You ain't heard no one say that in like five years. Hey, man, he got a, he got a uh, he got like a his version of like eight oh eight and heart brace. He got a song there. It's like I get lonely sometimes. That shit slaps, dog. I'm I'm sure the, that might be my song of the week. I'm gonna send it to you. Oh, oh, let's let's oh, do this, uh, this this Kodak Black freestyle. Hold up. My brother, we said every gun he had silencers. I know you niggas be hearing me screaming snipers. When Pac out leaves, son, when Pac out leaves. I sent the record label they contract back to I told him to send the shit back with a few more words. I don't want no girlfriend, babe. I want a woman. Even though I got it now, I'm still treated like I want to. Sitting in the cell, niggas scared he might catch Corona. Like, how the hell I'm a cry if I ain't got a shoulder? Well, shout out to him for flipping it between English and 
whatever the Haitian language is, but that was that terrible. shit was that shit was awful. It that was, shit was but, awful. This man, this man, whenever he is trending, <laughs> people stand this like, how does he have fans still? How oh does he have God. fans? Because he's the project baby, man. This man put out an album last year that no one listened to because I ain't heard no one talk about it. I bet there's no one in this chat or no one that's listening to this podcast right now that can tell me the name of the album he put out last year because ain't no one listening to that shit. Ain't nobody. Oh, yeah. He had a uh, he had a, a jam I was bumping pretty heavy. Uh, I tweeted about. It. I forgot that shit's hard though. Like, I, I just want to say earlier in the group chat because Kodak Black he he does something that kind of sort of trend every day, even if it's lightly. I couldn't figure out what we were talking about. So uh, allegedly, he got into it with a fan yesterday. Um, he basically said, my Twitter my Twitter is just a bunch of Bower County bitches tweeting all day. This is the view. I'm back comfortable. You know, somebody said, you live for them, blah, 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 blah. And then some girl said, so did you get head or give head? And he said, F you, you fat, stank, musky bitch. You read my ass how I meant it. So stop trying to be funny, looking like you one burger away from a heart attack. That was yesterday, and he's just constantly clapping back at people. But you're right. Where is the music coming? Like, well, here's here's my thing. Once a month, him and his mouth breathing fans get on Twitter talking about Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion built their careers off of Kodak Black, which is stupid and it's absurd because it's just like that was what three to five years ago. Like, if you want to say, like, you know, Bodak Yellow, is Cardi B still around without Bodak Yellow? I think she's still around. Is she as popular? Is that Does she have a song as popular as Bodak Yellow? Probably not. But let's not act like Cardi B wasn't making music before that and that she wasn't a whole reality TV star. Like, the the battery, the, the, the ball was rolling on Cardi B, whether we like it or not. Like, with or without Bodak Yellow, they had what they knew what they saw in Cardi B and they were going to do what they needed to do. The whole drive the boat thing with Megan Thee Stallion, that shit was three years ago. She done put out way more projects since then. She's done had she she's got Hot Girl Summer. She does she has bigger records. She doesn't even have it like it'd be one thing if Megan Thee Stallion didn't have records out before that, but she had records that were hits before the whole drive the boat thing came out. And she didn't she does does she have a song called Drive the Boat? Is her album called Drive the Boat? Did she trademark ride Drive the Boat? When's the last time someone said, hey, I'm about to go drive? Like, she's not saying that anymore. That's not a part of her lexicon anymore. That's not a part of our lexicon really that much anymore. Maybe it's because we're not outside like that anymore. But I'm just saying a lot of people aren't saying that. And Kodak Black is kind of making it seem like these two women have catapulted their careers off of him. As if, well, he can't get on because Cardi B and Magna Stallion are so big. You know, he can't do his stuff because people are stealing from him. And it's like, no, nigga, your music isn't good. And it really hasn't been good since you came out. So don't like don't try to use them as an excuse as to why you're not popping right now. Come up with something good. You think you, you think you're the first person to have a catchphrase used by a, uh, another artist? He was on the Kodak. He was on the Bodak Yellow remix. Have you heard it? Anybody that's listening? Have you heard that remix? Because I've, I've never heard it's that. I've never heard it. It's not good. Uh, it's not. Uh, like, okay, so I mean, I guess maybe he should get with uh, Bobby Smurder since he's like a star right now, fresh out of prison, and uh, 
you know, maybe he can elevate young Kodak Black since everybody on Twitter said that Bobby Smurder was going to be on as soon as he got out of prison. So doing Takashi Six Nine numbers, yeah, you know, doing them, doing uh, ten times Takashi Six Nine numbers. But <laughs> real quick, uh, I'm gonna make you a Kodak Black playlist, man. He's got, Hell he's no. got, he's got good songs. He's got good songs. But anywho, real quick, just to wrap up on, uh, not only did we have uh, blatant racism slash uh, sex addiction in America this week, we had blatant uh, sexism. Um, <clears throat> With the NCAA at March Madness, uh, you can look up the pictures online, but essentially the the women's side of the, the field uh, pretty much got bullied online to give them like equal reign with weight, weightlifting equipment and resources as far as food and gift bags. It, it was pretty much like the, the men's side had state-of-the-art <clears throat> for, for COVID standards, weightlifting equipment and food, while the women had fire fire festival plates. You know what I'm saying? It, it was pretty disgusting. So the internet bullied the powers to be that hooked them up. So definitely check that out. But it, it was pretty, uh, pretty foul that they did that. Like my thing is like in, in 2021, like if you do something shy, like that, it's going to make it to the inter- internet. Like people have smartphones. Like it, I don't know what they think was going to happen. Like, Hey, nobody's going to tweet this out. Like, no, y'all, no, that's, that's not how this works in the new age. But uh, I guess y'all's quick takes on that, and we'll, we'll go ahead and get out of here. It's embarrassing on the NCAA's part. Like, it's one thing to not pay them for what they're doing, and then it's another thing to treat them like third-class citizens. Like, they're out there making money for you by playing on national television in these tournaments, and you can't give them – like, the, the weight the weight room that they had, I'm pretty sure I have more weights than that in my garage. Like – it was literally like a 25, a 15, a 10, and a 5. And that was it. That's used for the entire uh, win, women's basketball teams. Like, you're treating them like they're not actual. Like, you, you're treating them like you don't respect them. And that's pretty much what it is. Like, you get like the NCAA has to do better than that. You got to treat your athletes with some type of respect. And that was not what that was. So, yeah, I don't have any point on that. I just agree with both of you guys on that. Um, what I wanted to say as far as a closing thought, um, if you haven't already seen it, Coming to America 2, great movie. Um, as far as sequels, the one thing about sequels is if a movie's been out for over 30 years, it's going to be really hard to create something that's on the same level. Uh, you have so many different changes with uh, we're more PC now, certain things we can't speak about, certain things are, are racist now that kind of slid under the table. Um, so, yeah, it's not it's not going to be as good as the, sec- uh, the the first one, but it's still a pretty good movie for what it is, a standalone. Glad to see Wesley Snipes uh, doing something different and getting uh, additional roles. That's my closing thought. Yeah, so definitely uh, subscribe to the podcast, like us on Apple Podcasts, drop a subscri- uh, review, subscribe on YouTube, all that fun stuff. Hit us up on Twitter. I'm at Southbreeze706, at Marcus Sniffles, or Marcus underscore Sniffles, and AC3Savage on Twitter. Uh, shout out to everybody who works with us. Uh, I'm still working on my new shout out list. I'm going to fix it eventually, but still stay safe, wear your mask, wash your hands, get vaccinated. We out. Peace. Shout out to 